Welcome to Measure Matters, the podcast that delves into the world of metrology and pressure calibration. I'm your host, Aaron Rayner, Director of Marketing at Menser. On today's episode, we have the privilege of welcoming a true expert in the field of metrology. Joining us is Philip Romero, metrologist at Menser with a wealth of knowledge and the experience that he brings in pressure calibration solutions. Today, Philip will enlighten us on the advantages and unique capabilities of deadweight testers, shedding light on how these instruments stack up against pressure controllers in achieving precise and accurate measurements. Get ready to dive into the world of pressure calibration with Philip as he shares his insights and expertise on this fascinating topic. You're listening to Measure Matters, a podcast by Menser. Philip, welcome. Thank you for having me. So give us a little bit of insight on what you do for Menser. Uh, my primary responsibility is the metrologist. Uh, that's just ensuring that all of the calibrations that we do are as accurate as they can be. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you're degreed in physics or something super awesome? Correct, physics, yeah. All right, tell me a little bit about that. I'm just curious. I uh, just went to Texas State University. Uh, it took me five years, not four. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, majored in physics, minored in mathematics. Okay, cool. Okay. So how do you apply that degree to what you do here at Menser as a metrologist? Oh, lots of math. Math and physics, too, especially with, with being a pressure lab. That's our, our primary thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but definitely have to use physics and mathematics every day. Okay. Well, I'm going to come to you with all my hard questions because I hate math. <laughs> See, I only like math, but I love calculators. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's true. That's perfectly understandable. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're kind of a crutch for me, too. So, okay. Well, tell me a little bit about what you do uh, back there in the Cal Lab. I, I understand that you recently moved to a new position uh, into the calibrations lab. Yeah. So, I, was the, I started out as a calibration technician, moved to the calibration lab coordinator, Moved to metrologist, so I'm actually back in the lab as the lab manager. Oh, awesome. Okay. So then you're probably pretty familiar with these uh, pieces of equipment we have here, the deadweight tester and the controller. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very familiar. Okay. So what what would you say is the biggest difference between the two of them? Uh, I mean, it depends on what you're using them for, but, I mean, the, the controller is, is so much faster than, than the deadweight tester. I mean, it cannot – and it cannot the deadweight tester can't keep up in pace. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well – what are some of the advantages of the deadweight tester of the controller then? Uh, typically, you're going to get higher accuracy, accuracy that the controller cannot most likely never be able to hit. Uh, I mean, that's what you're going to get with the deadweight tester is higher accuracy. Yeah, so put higher. so put that into context with some numbers. Don't get too mathy because you'll lose me. But <laughs> uh, some deadweight testers could be as you know five times more accurate than the the controller that they're they're calibrating or something like that. Well, okay, let's talk applications then. So what applications would you rely on the deadweight tester over, say, a pressure controller? Uh, you'd most likely be using that in a, in a lab to calibrate other devices. And you'd use the pressure control in the field. I mean, they're they're most likely being used to calibrate other devices, but the deadweight tester would be in a lab and a controller most likely in the field. Okay, well then let's flip the script a little bit. Let's talk about where you would have more advantages with the deadweight tester over the pressure controller. Uh Precision and accuracy. I mean, the stability, typically with deadweight testers, you're talking about counting them maybe once every five years. Mm-hmm. It just really depends on, on you know, how your area is changing over time, how the masses, mass values are changing over time. Uh, with a pressure controller, you're looking at maybe, depending on the accuracy you're looking for, calibrating them every single year. So the deadweight tester, maybe every five years you have to calibrate. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So then the return on investment is a little greater, or is it more about just kind of a different ROI or a different investment opportunity? Probably a different investment opportunity. Uh, I mean, most likely be charging more 
what the calibration is using with a debris tester versus a pressure controller. Mm-hmm. Um, but you may not be doing as many calibrations you're doing with a debris tester versus a pressure controller. I mean, if you have like racks of gauges where you're doing hundreds of calibrations every single day with a pressure controller, there's no way you could do that with a manual debris tester, unless you're doing like multiples all day long. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, demystify something for me here about this dead weight tester. Okay. I don't notice any cords coming out of it. There's no power supplies. Explain no that to me a little bit. Yeah, no electronics. Uh, most some of these models do have a a do have an electronic setup you can use where you would input your mass values and the area and everything, and you would tell it, "Hey, I want to go to this pressure," and it would tell you which masses that you would need to place on here. But other than that, it's most likely be a manual manual calculation of of the pressure you're going to. And even some of these masses have um, the pressure value listed on top of them. So you could basically just add them all up, and that would be the, the pressure you're getting. Oh, okay, perfect. Because yeah. right now, this thing is dependent on electricity, obviously. Yeah. So I, I would perceive that as a different advantage mm-hmm. that the dead weight tester has. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. set up and go. Set up and go, really. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So, but from what I understand in the Cal Lab, you use both of these configurations. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. A similar design in a debit tester, but not necessarily this model. Okay. So, now as I understand um, that there are some ambient factors like temperature, barometric pressure, gravity, et cetera, yep. that play uh, a part in calculating uh, the pressure output of a of a manual dead weight tester. Yep. Could you? Could you go into a little more detail about how um, how they are factored into calibration? Yeah, of course. Um, typically, with your your deadweight testers, it really depends on the accuracy of the deadweight tester. On you know, depending on how many what we call corrections you need to make, corrections you need to make for gravity, corrections you need to make for the air density, mm-hmm. corrections you need to make for the piston cylinder temperature and stuff like that. So, for the highest accuracy, you actually want to document all that stuff. You mm-hmm. want your ambient temperature, ambient pressure ambient relative humidity and you'll use those values to calculate the air density because you know it, it's not you don't know it but you're in air and there's a slight upward force so that's the buoyant force so you need to know all those ambient conditions to know just how much you know lift the masses are getting as they're sitting in air um, you want to know the piston cylinder temperature because uh, with uh, higher temperatures it expands that changes the the, the pressure you're gonna generate mm-hmm. just like if the pressure goes down the area gets smaller changes the pressure again uh, but that's why you take take into account all those factors so those ambient factors how do those translate to a pressure controller is those are those things that that even considers or is that where that additional accuracy comes into play for a dead weight tester uh, different technology so that may not be an apples to apples comparison Mm -hmm. we do run the all of our sensors through temperature compensation will be run them through our our characterization process for Mm -hmm. lack of better words um so you can use these in many different environments many different ambient uh temperatures but typically those values don't don't have have any effect on the pressure controllers is that a good or a bad thing um I guess it would be a good thing, one less thing you have to worry about. Whereas if you're using a debit tester, you really need to, depending on the accuracy you're going for, because if you're using a debit tester that's a 0.5%, you may not even need to take into account the buoyant force because it's a small thing, or you may not need to take in, I mean, you would need to correct for gravity, of course, but because um, <laughs> it varies so much over the over the earth. Uh, but you may not need to take into consideration all those different corrections. Okay. So, I'll, and I, I guess I just need it from my own edification then. Um, what type of applications where ambient factors come into play when using the dead weight tester? Where would it become important 
that you know you would either do that or can do that or would do that it really just depends on the accuracy mm -hmm. so the, to, to get the highest accuracy out of your double tester you really want to take into account all those ambient conditions any of the piston cylinder temperatures what your actual gravity is at your location you do want to consider all those factors oh, okay so we had Derek Zarati on here mm -hmm. earlier for our, our first episode, and he had mentioned that depending on uh, history of reference for devices, um, could you go into a little bit more detail of why it is important for a Cal Lab to have that history? Uh, not only does it give you your traceability, but it lets you know, do can I extend my calibration intervals on my devices? Do I need to shorten them up based on how the how the instrument's behaving on the time, you know, be it a pressure controller or a, or a W tester? If your air and your masses are changing too much, you may need to recalibrate them more frequently, or if they're not changing very often, you can extend your calibration intervals. Okay. So, and just to expand on that conversation, if you had to define in layman's terms, traceability. Mm -hmm. How would you describe that? The easiest way to say <laughs> that is it's just traceable to the SI. Okay. So traceable to, you know, to a kilogram, traceable to Pascal, just traceable to those those uh, base base units. Okay. And is there any other terminology that would be helpful to just kind of clarify or define in terms of, of this discussion to deadweight testers and pressure controllers? So there's actually a really good resource. There is actually an international vocabulary of metrology that it's really good for all of us to be using because then we all agree on the terms that we're using. Mm -hmm. uh, it's referred to as the VIM, um, but yeah, the international vocabulary of metrology is a really good resource and, and it's open resource. Anybody can get it. So what would you say the top three most important, you know, definitions or terminologies that accuracy, mm -hmm. how are they defining accuracy? Um, you know, Typically, when we define accuracy for our pressure controllers, we include the reference standard. We include any you know ambient effects. We include any you know pressure hysteresis. We include all of that stuff into the performance of the sensor. Whereas not all of our competitors do that, and you actually have to do math to figure out what is the actual total measurement certainty. Where ours is you know the accuracy and total measurement certainty, we use those interchangeably. So that's you make an instrument interesting point then. So. Why wouldn't someone want to take all that into account? Or why don't they? I mean, they do. They may not just present it as easily as we do. So like we say this is an O2 uh, instrument, that includes everything. We don't have to say, oh, it's O2, but then you have to consider, you have to root sun square the... Oh, one percent of drift per year. Mm -hmm. We don't. That's all included. The O two percent includes the drift. The O two percent includes the the repeatability hysteresis. All those other things that are that are that you know of in your controller. So that's just a perk of doing business with Mensur. Then. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we simplify, you know, evaluating our products. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And do those same type of perks translate to our dead wet testers at all, or is that just something that isn't applicable here? Uh, not applicable. Okay. I mean, yeah, typically when we, you know, we'll, we'll see debit testers listed, if they're saying that, you know, they can go down to, you know, 25 parts a million, that, that's typically 25 parts, you don't have to consider anything else. Oh, okay. Yeah. So on the topic of uh, NIST traceability of aspect of things, uh, are there any big differences between a pressure controller and a manual deadweight tester in terms of accreditation? No. No. At all? No, not, not really at all. I mean, as long as they're all traceable, the way it really used to be is you were traceable to NIST. Like mm -hmm. somebody wanted to, to see your traceability, you could show them the unbroken chain all the way back to NIST. Uh, now we, we still do say NIST, uh, but most likely we're using or other National Metrology Institute. So that could be, you know, PTB, that could be um, 
uh, France's National Lab. I can't remember the name. But <laughs> I think we any- talked about this before where we were like scrambling to try to figure it out. We actually had to look it up. Do you yes, remember that? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot, um, a lot of different national labs. And they're all good, obviously good national labs. So it's really just traceable to any of those national labs and you're good. Yeah. So break down that, that term, accreditation or credibility. Uh, so we pay a third-party company to come in and basically evaluate our entire process. Mm -hmm. That is not just what goes on in the calibration lab. That is basically door-to-door. They check out the finances. We had our audit this early this year. It was a two-day on-site audit, and the auditor went through everything, asked us a lot of tough questions, um, did his due diligence, you know, and and made sure that we were doing everything that we say we're doing and that everything that we're doing is actually okay to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, when you... When you're an accredited lab, now, you know, all calibrations could be mistraceable, but, you know, all calibrations may not be accredited counts. Um, but having that accreditation just, just shows your customers that, you know, we're doing what we're saying we're doing. We had a third party come in and, and prove that we're doing all that stuff. So, I mean, that's that's very important to us. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like we kind of went off road here, <laughs> but that's There's okay. There's a lot to talk about. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the beautiful thing about a podcast is that we can just sit down and talk about things like this, but. I wanted to circle back around on the dead weight versus the pressure controller discussion okay. because I do think it's relevant, especially for your position. Mm. Uh, Derek was here and I asked him the same question, and that is, do you ever run into these instances where you have different advocates on either side of the fence, whether it's dead weight tester or pressure controller, and they say, well, you know, mine can do everything that yours can mm. except better. Right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So as a dead weight tester advocate Mm. where would you say that it can do better things than a pressure controller it just really depends on application and what you're actually calibrating so we'd actually do use pressure controls in the lab to Mm -hmm. calibrate the lower accuracy stuff so anything that's o2 o2 five percent we actually use mensur you know a cpc 6050 and cpc 8000 to calibrate but the higher accuracy stuff like an o1 percent we would use a dead tester so put o2 and o5 into context mm-hmm. like make it something relatable how would you describe that to someone who said how accurate is 0.02 philip so for most customers what's what's going to stick out to them is a test uncertainty ratio of four to one mm-hmm. um that does get harder you know as, as technology advances it becomes harder to get that four to one uncertainty ratio uh, but typically that's what we're doing in the lab if we're using a pressure controller we want to hit as close to you know a four to one test uncertainty ratio when we're calibrating a lower accuracy device to get it use a deadweight tester we're most likely way beyond four to one we may be you know ten to one uncertainty ratio um, but that's typically what we're looking for and most customers will understand because they want a four to one. If it's not a four to one, we need to tell them, you know, what is it then if it's not a four to one test and certainty ratio, but yeah. So you made the comment that you use both of these pieces of equipment mm-hmm. in the Cal Lab. So do they, would you say they kind of have a, um, not a symbiotic, but almost like a correlation uh, to how well they work together or is it an independent function? Uh, independent functions, but they're doing almost exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just, just different accuracy classifications. Okay, so then, to your point of accuracy, if you wanted to get super accurate, you would rely on the deadweight tester? Oh, yeah, definitely use a deadweight tester. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you wanted the best calendar you can do, we would definitely use a deadweight tester for that. Okay. Yeah. So then that would be part of the conversation of, well, mine can do that better. Yeah. I think that you've kind of iterated that. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, lo- I- I'm just hoping that you'll say, look, guys, it's the best. It does it the best. I don't care what this black box is doing. Yeah, yeah, maybe a fair statement. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to pin you down, you yeah, know, because yeah. uh, Derek was very gracious in the conversation, but, you know, 
obviously you can tell that he's probably going to lean a little bit more towards the pressure controller. That's kind of been his life. Yeah. And that's that's why I wanted to bring you in. Yeah, yeah. And too, though, with Deadweight Testers, you know, there's a lot of technology and and the controllers mm-hmm. and the sensors themselves. You've got your, your your primary everything. You've got your area. You've got, you know, in the meter, you've got your masses and the kilograms. I mean, that's all primary stuff. I mean, you, it's really hard to go wrong with a deadweight tester. There's a lot that can go on, and then the controllers. But, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are those types of things that you deal with frequently? Oh, no, no. I'm just <laughs> saying that just electronics aside, you know, the deadweight tester just has all – it's it's – physical artifacts that mm-hmm. you can handle, that you can get your hands on, that may not be changed by some weird thing inside. I mean, it's just a lot of electronics. Okay. Yeah. So if I pour my drink into this and that then onto be, that, we're right. probably going to have a problem with the, yes, the controller. Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And we have had some of these come back that are contaminated with water. I mean, yeah. yeah. Really? Who's putting them underwater? Not underwater, in water. They're using water as their media instead of media. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So nobody's scuba diving with no, this. Like, no, no. Although they probably could with that one. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they may not function as well, but they could. Yeah. You've, you've never heard of an instance like that, right? No. Okay, no, good. So yeah. they know what they're supposed to be doing with these things. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you could shed uh, some light on for the audience in regards to uh, these two pieces of equipment? We'd love to hear your unfiltered thoughts. I mean, they're both great products. It just depends on the application. Uh, and and the, what you're doing with it, what you're calibrating with it, you know, each each one of them has, definitely has their place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, like I said, we use them in the lab all the time, both of them. And the only difference is what are we calibrating? I mean, the calibration process is identical. We're still doing you know, our standard like 20% calibration, you know, 11 points on our certificate, including zero. Um, so the the process is the same, just different equipment. Perfect. Yep. Well, I appreciate you balancing out that discussion. Well, that's all the time that we have today. Philip, I really appreciate you coming in to help balance out this conversation that we have in regards to the differences and comparisons between deadweight testers and pressure controllers. You can check us out at www.menser.com as well as all of our social media channels. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to Measure Matters for the most up-to-date information on all things metrology.